hard, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, earlier I had the baptismal tank uncovered because it was just going to be ready to do the baptism. There's something about water and kids. <laughs> we had to cover the tank again. There will be some pre-baptismal swimming. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do this together, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to shorten the message today, um, and then we'll have time to really enjoy uh, watching these each individual here that's going to be water baptized. Also, um, I'm going to have the kids' church, the older kids' church. Uh, I'm going to let Leo know when I'm getting close to the end of the message, and he'll go let them know. And they're going to be able to come in and watch their friends being water baptized also. So they'll be coming in to join you. So any of your kids that are in the older kids' church, they're going to be coming in towards the end of the service, and they can sit with you, and we can all uh, enjoy this together, celebrate together. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about following Jesus today. Is that okay? Does that apply? Okay, all right. We're going to talk about following Jesus. Let me uh, read this little illustration to start. S.I. McMillan, in his book, None of These Diseases, tells a story of a young woman who wanted to go to college, but her heart sank when she read the question on the application blank that asked, Are you a leader? Being both honest and conscientious, she wrote, no, and returned the application. Expecting the worst, but to her surprise, she received this letter from the college. Dear applicant, a study of the application forms reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative that they have at least one follower. All right. You know what? Are we followers? Even leaders are supposed to be followers. And we who do we follow? We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. Following is really, really important. Even we as a church, we want to follow the the mandate that the Lord has given us. We have a purpose as a church. You know, and we want to follow his direction and his mandate. Uh, he gave his very first disciples, the very first ones that followed him, he, he wanted them to stay focused on a couple things in particular. And he, and he told them, I want you to stay focused on these until I return. So that's been quite a while ago. Well, those disciples aren't around anymore, but every generation after them that have been people, born-again people, they were meant to stay focused on this mandate that the Lord gave. And now it's us. We're the generation now. And it's still the same focus for us as a church. Um, we are to, to remember that Jesus wants people to be reached by Him. He wants people to have Him in their lives. And then to become disciples and following Him. I mean, that's why we're here. To help people know Jesus and to help them grow in Jesus. So, our text today is Matthew 28, and starting with verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. 
When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I always remember that part there. It's like, people, they, you know, they still... It was just tough for them to believe Jesus was alive again. I mean, they saw him die and now he's alive. But he is alive. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I have all authority now. And I'm going to tell you something that I'm commissioning you to do. And all of my authority will be with you as you do this. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us right now, and we're still fulfilling that purpose that he's given us by his grace and with his help. So let me pray. And then we'll I just have a couple points that we're going to go through this morning. <clears throat> but Father, we thank you that, that Jesus is so real to us. He's alive in us. He's changed our lives. And we just it's our desire that everyone would see that you love them, that you want to forgive them, that you want to embrace them back into your family as your son and daughter. God, we just want to see people uh, recognize and understand and embrace these things that we've embraced. And Father God, help us as a church to be your body where you are still touching lives, still drawing people to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So my first point is, it's about following Jesus. And the first point is, we follow Jesus in water baptism. Okay, we follow him in water baptism. So, excuse me, verse 19 of the text said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So, disciples, um, that's from the Greek word menthano, it means to learn. That word means to learn. A disciple is a learner, one who follows the teacher and his teaching. See, you can't follow Jesus without following his teaching. So, you follow the teacher and his teaching. That's a disciple of Jesus. So, baptism, being water baptized, and I'll explain what that is. Being water baptized is one of a disciple of Jesus. That's one of the first things they follow him in. Believe and be baptized. And there's a reason for that, and we'll go through the scriptures today. But it's a a public declaration of our decision to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior is a personal thing. You do it individually. It's between you and God. It is very, very personal. But then letting others know is a public thing. And everyone who comes forward to be baptized today is coming forward in front of you to, to show, I have received Jesus as my Savior. He is in my life. I want to follow Him. So it's a public uh, declaration. <clears throat> Water baptism is a picture, it's kind of like an illustration of this, this new union that we have with Christ. See, being a Christian is about being brought into a living union with Jesus. It's just not believing a bunch of facts. 
Okay? It's not believing facts. It is actually coming into a union with your Savior and your Lord. You become one with Him. He becomes one with you. Okay? And literally, He dwells in us. He lives in us by His Spirit. So, Romans 6.3. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Death. See, water baptism is a picture of what happened to us when we received Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we believed that Jesus is the Son of God, He died for the sins of the world, He died for us, and that we could be forgiven through our faith in Christ, receiving Him into our lives, not trying to be good enough any longer, we're done with that, it's only through Jesus that we're made righteous at all. And, and when we embrace that, and we receive Him into our lives, we're brought into this union with Jesus. You might feel it, you might not. Some people, when they've asked Christ into their lives, had some pretty dramatic experiences. When I asked Christ into my life, I felt pretty much nothing. You know, I didn't have any experience. I mean, it was real, but I I didn't feel anything spectacular when it happened. But our union is also with Jesus in his death. We're actually brought into union with Christ in his death on the cross. Let's look at that. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? See, when I received, I'll just use me as an example, when I received Jesus into my life, my old sinful nature, who I was, who I'd always been, was actually united with Christ and died with him on that cross. My old nature, that nature that wanted to sin, it was crucified with Christ on that cross. I was in union with him even in that death. And uh, Paul the Apostle, he talked about, he said, "I, I, I was crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is this new life. Romans 6, 3, in, or excuse me, verse 4, moving on. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. Oh, let's stop there for a second. So, um, you can't see it now. Had to keep the kids out, but we'll take this lid off in a little bit. There's, there's water in there, in this tank. And that water is a grave. <coughs> It's like a grave. And some people are going to come up and step up the steps and they're going to step into the water. And now this, is, this has already happened in their lives. Baptism is just an illustration of something that's already happened in their lives. But <clears throat> when I baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy, the Spirit, and I put them under the water, that water is a grave. It's, it symbolizes death. And they are dying to the old self. The old nature, okay? That nature that was without God. That nature that wanted to be in control of their own lives. That nature that was really a slave to sin. Before I was a Christian, I, I wasn't that concerned about sinning. I was really concerned about not getting caught sinning. But I really wasn't that concerned about sinning, okay? <clears throat> but that was that old nature, that old life. 
But it says, we were therefore buried with him, with Christ, through baptism, it's, it's, it's a picture, into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Jesus died we died with him to the old life, that old nature. Jesus was raised back to life. We are raised to a new life with him. Death to the old nature, the old self, the life without God, raised to a new life of having Christ in us and living life a whole new way, with a whole new nature. You know, when I, after I became a Christian, my heart changed. It wasn't that I didn't struggle with sin, but there was a huge difference. Instead of my main desire not being caught, my desire became, God, help me to get free from this. There was a different heart. That's, you know, from death to life. So, I died with Christ to my old life, which was spiritually dead and was enslaved to sin, and I was raised from spiritual death to a new life with Jesus. Anybody here got a new life? You know, every day it's new. You know, every day it had a starting point, but every day it's new with Him. A new life in Christ. You know, God actually placed His Spirit in me. When I, when I received Jesus into my life, I didn't understand this stuff. I didn't know the Bible hardly at all. Okay, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit coming into me. I didn't know any of that stuff. But that's what happened when I surrendered my life to God. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I need you. Give me a new life. I want to follow you. I died with Christ. I was raised with Christ. God put His Spirit in me. Did I feel it? No. Some people do. I didn't feel anything. But I saw a change. There was something different about Mike. <laughs> there was something different. His Spirit is in me. I was spiritually dead, separated from God. And now, His Spirit is actually in me, helping me to walk with God. It is amazing. He gave me a new nature. Well, let's go to verse 5, Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 5. If we have been united with Christ like this in His death, we will certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection. For we know that our old self, that's that old life without God, we know that our old self was crucified with Him, with Jesus, so that the body of sin might be done away with. What's the body of sin? It's talking about our human bodies. You know, before we gave our lives to Jesus, this, this human body was controlled by ungodly desires. It was a body of sin. It was a body of sin. Okay? But now, that's been broken. It's not a body of sin. Now I'm a living sacrifice that I've offered to the Lord. His Spirit is in me, and He's working things out in my life, and righteousness, and that sort of stuff. But it was a body of sin, and now I'm a temple of God's Spirit. It's a complete different thing. And verse 11, skipping some verses, but verse 11 says this, In the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin. That's the old life. See yourself that way. That's the old life. But alive to God in Christ Jesus. We've been given a new life. The Christian life is not all about not sinning. That's not what it is about. The Christian life is about walking with Jesus. 
walking with Him. He works in our hearts. He works in our lives. And we, we change over time. And it's, you know, it's quite a process. Do you think it's a short process or a long process? <laughs> Somebody said real short. <laughs> no, it's long. It's lifelong. It's lifelong. So, again, being a Christian is not about not sinning. Okay, being a Christian is about this faith in Jesus. We've given him our lives, and now we're walking with him. We're following him. And he works in us, and he works through us. So, water baptism is a picture of your death with Christ to the old sinful life and being raised with Christ to a new life. This is one of our first steps as disciples, following him in water baptism. Okay, that's one of the first steps. If you haven't been water baptized and you've received Christ as your Savior, believe and be baptized. Believe and be baptized. You're not being baptized into this church. (laughs) But you are being baptized into His church, okay? The whole body of Christ. So, that was the first point. Follow Jesus in water baptism. Let's see, is Leo around? I was going to send him. Hmm, You can let kids' church know. Okay, Andy's got it. He's closer there. Thank you. Let them know that they can start coming in. I just have one point left. Point number two. So the first one is we follow Jesus in water baptism. The second point is we learn to follow him in everything. Everything. We learn to follow him in everything. Let's go back to our text. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. We learn to follow Jesus in everything. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus' disciples, they learn to follow Jesus. It's a process. So what happens today is not like the climax. There's the life ahead, learning to follow Jesus. You know, it's a very precious process to God. He really sees us. When he sees us, we may have our ups and downs, we may have our struggles, but our desire is to grow in him and allow him to have his way in our life. That's a precious process to the Father. He loves it. You know, he loves the process. He wants to see us grow and get victory in areas of our lives and he knows that we can only do it through him so we're drawn closer together in this process. We're learning to depend more and more on him and it's, he loves it. It might be a little tough for us but he loves it. It's a wonderful process. It is a painful process. It is a painful process at times. That person that you just don't ever want to forgive, man, what they did. And then the Holy Spirit says, I want you to forgive them. I rebuke you, devil. But you know it's the Holy Spirit. Are you going to forgive? Are you going to let go of that thing? 
Are you even going to get to the point where God says, bless those who despitefully use you? (laughs) It can be a painful process. But if we're willing to go through it, it's always a liberating process. You always end up more free. Following Jesus, you always end up more free. Okay? But if you're resisting and holding on to things, that's just areas that you're going to be captive in. You know? But we get free. It's a supernatural process. It's not human. Because this process is because God's Spirit is in us. And we're learning to submit to God's Spirit. And He's empowering us and strengthening us and enabling us. It's a supernatural process. And it happens every day. Every day. Learning to follow Jesus in everything. So, as a church, we want to be committed to helping people know Jesus, right? I'll say that again. As a church, we want to be committed to helping people know Jesus, right? Because it's not someone else's job. It's our job. You know? It's, well, it's more than a job. It's, it's a purpose. It's a purpose. So we want to help people know Jesus, and then we want to help them grow in their walk with Jesus. When I became a Christian, I was so, I was so thankful for those people that came alongside and helped me. Because I didn't know anything. And they, other Christians, came along and, and, you know, they saw this cute teenager that got saved and just really needed some guidance and direction. So, you know, they helped. And as a church, we don't watch to see how people are doing. We help people grow in their relationship with Jesus. The equipping classes that we're doing, that's all about helping people grow in their relationship with Christ. There's a purpose in it. The relationships that you build... You encourage one another. You build one another up. You spur one another on in your walk with Jesus. So we're in this together. Now, let's go ahead and look at this. uh, Because this is really where I want us to focus as a church. Okay? We want to follow Jesus in everything. And together, we want to do these things. We want to know God intimately. Not, not a superficial knowledge of the Lord, but really intimately know the Lord. And we're going to encourage one another in that, knowing God intimately. And then growing up spiritually. We want to grow up in the things of God. And so as a church, we'll offer classes, discipleship, we'll do all that we can in that area to help people to grow up spiritually. And then the third thing is serving. Serve each other lovingly. Service. Some of you have kids in the nursery today. Somebody's serving in that nursery. Some of you may have kids in kids' church today. Somebody's serving in that area. Somebody, the food, I mean everything we do, somebody is serving to provide that. And as a church, we want us to serve one another. Everybody's serving. Serving one another. So, that's a goal. And the last one is to go out compassionately. We don't want to just be looking within these walls. There are people outside the walls who need Jesus. And we're in their neighborhoods. We're in their, where they work. We're in all those areas. And, uh, and we want to go. We want to do what we can to reach people. 
So to know God intimately, grow up spiritually, serve each other lovingly, go out compassionately. That's our focus. We want to focus on those areas. So timing is perfect here. Awesome. Let me finish with this prayer. Um, It was in a book by Pamela Joy Anderson that says, You are the needle and I am the thread. And it was attributed, it was a prayer that was attributed to a Muslim convert to Christ. So uh, someone had been raised Muslim and they'd received Christ as their Savior. And this was a prayer, evidently somebody, uh, I don't know if he wrote it down himself or somebody heard it and wrote it down, but here's the prayer. Oh God, I am Mustafa the tailor and I work at the shop of Muhammad. The whole day long I sit and pull the needle and the thread through the cloth. Oh God, you are the needle and I am the thread. I am attached to you and I follow you. When the thread tries to slip away from the needle, it becomes tangled and must be cut so it can be put back in the right place. Oh God, help me to follow you wherever you lead me. For I am really only Mustafa the tailor and I work in the shop of Muhammad on the great square. He knew that he was just supposed to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. So, we're going to do a baptism here in just a moment. And it's about people following Jesus. So, everybody who's going to be water baptized, if you would come right over here to this corner. And we should probably take the lid off this baptism. It will be a lot easier. Uh, no, because I'll need to stand there. So wh- wherever you can find to lean it in a safe place. Okay. But not there. That won't work either because there'll be somebody standing on there. No, not there. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Perfect.